We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Talking Backwards is an independently produced program. If you would like to help support us and join our community of patrons, you can do so through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash talkingbackwards. There you can find ways to not only help us grow the show, but also get access to exclusive merch, live streams, behind-the-scenes content, and even early access to upcoming episodes. That's patreon.com slash talkingbackwards. We hope to see you in the future. Or is it past? Hallelujah. Welcome back to Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. I'm Dave Jackson, joined by <laughs> joined by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins. Hello. We are fresh off the heels of our season two finale, Beyond Life and Death live stream watch party. Hot off the heels. That was so much fun, seriously. That I had was... a blast. That was really fun. I was super nervous about it. I was so I nervous. Went. Oh, it could have went so bad. But no, luckily people showed up. People were active. Yeah. They, there yeah. was there was chatter in the chat in the chat yeah. box. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I it was would good. definitely be down to do that again sometime for sure. And uh, given the social restrictions of the time, we weren't able to all be together to watch it in person. But we were able to share our broadcasts and watch each other watch Tyler <laughs> as oh <my> he <laughs> watched this. Talk about yeah, we were pressure. Really doing this just to watch Tyler. <laughs> Talk about pressure. Oh, there's no pressure, man. We just wanted to see what you would do, and only you. That's right. I haven't felt that much pressure since I first announced the Human Genome Project <laughs> when I was in grad school. Look at you. Where are we on that, by the way? Seven. Perfect. <laughs> Great. As far as the Genome Project, we are at seven currently. No, Tyler, yes. you, um, I mean, you got units, you got like the one shout out too for a, uh, somebody wanted to hear your famous line from, yeah. the, from Who the was podcast. That? that was, uh, Kelly, I believe Kelly. All right. Kelly. Well, thank you. Tyler did have, have some, some great, great reactions. Um, yes. one of my favorites was, um, when, uh, Coop was running around the red room and you compared it to being lost in a zelda game <laughs> i just i just loved the comparison because i just think about playing video games and just being lost somewhere and i can't get out you know of, of a certain water area all over again what do you mean i have to use the boots <laughs> that was a fantastic comparison i i just mm-hmm. enjoyed that thoroughly thanks man and then just other just minor reactions you react into big ed snapping um to the music <laughs> classic stuff so but we're, we're gonna get to all of this but not yeah. before not before i tell you that this was season two mm. episode 22 yeah 30th overall but we all know it. it as episode 29 oh yeah that's the spot that is the spot this is that's beyond the official pat stats 
That is beyond life and death. We got a fast and loose in the live stream, but this is the real deal, folks. The official fast dance. You could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us. Fast dance. Haul out your boy for some pat stats, stats, stats. I hate the pat stats. <laughs> wow. That was something. We uh, didn't, I wanted to play it uh, at the end of our live stream, but we were already kind of just running a little late, and I didn't want to think they were just going to be watching random videos the whole night because we were playing some clips uh, prior to going live. But there was uh, this great clip of the Log Ladies intro, and I actually really, really like what she says in it. Um, the first thing she says in it is, and now an ending. And I love that because it, it's, she says it, an ending. And she's right. This is an ending. Mm-hmm. But it's not the ending. I mean, I don't know that we're getting, aren't you ever going to get the ending? But I just like that it's an ending. It's an ending to this chapter of 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 what we know as Twin Peaks so far. Um, yeah, and even though Fire Walk With Me was in the works, we, we knew there was a movie coming. But as far as production was concerned, this was the end of Twin Peaks. Right. And, you know, with Fire Walk With Me being a prequel, of course, right. I don't know how many people knew that at the time because that played into the reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it certainly wasn't going to be, it is a continuation, but not, not in the way that, you know, I mean, think about it. Think about the cliffhanger in this episode. Of course, people are going to see that and be like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I need, well, I need, and I need now some what? resolve there. Yeah. But anyway, I just really liked what she says at the beginning, but she also makes a lot of references to, um, she says, what is a reflection, a chance to see two, um, when there are chances for reflections, there can always be two or more. What is reflection? Yeah. <laughs> and then I love it because at the end, she just says, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And the camera just starts getting like super close to her face. And she's just like looking around very, very confused and concerned. Um, but I really, that's that's actually, that might be my favorite of the Log Lady intros. Um, I don't even know if I've seen all of them, but that's probably my favorite one that I have seen. They're always a very good time. Uh, it's... <clears throat> I mean, honestly, if this is where you're going to end this series, something like this, I'll take it. It doesn't close the loop at all. At all. It made the loop bigger. Yeah. It embiggened the loop. Which that's that's (laughs) what I like about it, is it just opens up so many possibilities, so many more questions, so many more mysteries. Yes. Um, It makes you think about so much more. It's honestly probably one of the most powerful episodes like thought-provoking episodes of tv i've i've seen i mean think about it this aired on abc yeah this aired on abc <laughs> <laughs> like it's like i'll like, say it again like really take this in now i know tyler was, was like we should have watched television t- another comment tyler made was we you know we should watch this at noon right when it was getting to the really like you know freaky red room stuff and i've certainly never had nightmares about this stuff i'm not one that gets super super creeped out about like anything but i can totally see how someone would yeah absolutely because um, it's certainly a super freaky freaky stuff but it's not something that i see that i'm like oh i'm getting I'm, I'm gonna be kept up tonight well the back half of this episode is nightmare fuel let's be real oh it's absolutely it's pure it's just a fever uh, dream <laughs> yeah it's it's very stream of consciousness let's start at the top though let's get into beyond yeah. life and death andy and lucy having a moment after all this craziness has happened at the Miss Twin Peaks competition. Everybody's on edge, but we don't really see a lot of people's reactions to it other than Andy and Lucy, this intimate moment we get together. 
that I love also... it too with their faces up next to each other. I, I mm-hmm. think it's I think it's really nice. I think it's a very it's a very nice way to open this this episode. Absolutely, and it's the only time we see Lucy, I believe. Yeah, in the whole episode. Yes. Yeah, but I think it opens the episode really strong. Uh, we get Andy and Lucy's first "I love you." We get to witness that. Awesome. And they both seem a little surprised by it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she gasps. Yeah. I love that. It, it, that's like the transition that just immediately cuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, no, for sure. These kids have been through enough. Enough of Lucy's drama <laughs> towards Andy mm-hmm. and, and Andy's attempts to earn her favor while also becoming his own person, like really finding yeah. his way, getting his little wins while also fighting to win the woman in his life's heart and the opportunity to be chosen on Dad Day. D-Day. Yes. <laughs> he cared a lot about that. I, I think Andy genuinely did care about Dad Day. He was just very distracted by external influences. Like, there was always something That's that demanded more attention. Yeah, like a map, getting to Cooper, getting the location of the Black Lodge. Even if it's he didn't map. really comprehend what that was... Right. He is a man of duty first. Duty. Which takes us into the next scene. Yeah, absolutely. Straight in. So we're we're back at the map. This is where I feel like you can immediately tell the mood has changed. You can tell that it's being directed by David Lynch. Yeah. This scene is uh, one of my favorite pieces of music that occurs throughout this uh, episode. Is It's called Dark Mood Woods. Um, and I love it. It's by Angelo. It's it's one of my favorite pieces of music in the series, um, and part of it plays. Yeah, part of it plays plays here. Um, I love that you can tell, even with the the way the shots are framed. I feel like you the can just already hard tell Dutch that, angles okay, again. It's like, yeah. all right, Lynch is back. Like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can just tell immediately that the the mood and the feeling in this series has has changed, and we're back. Like almost at peace, like okay, like this feels right. Somebody That's even my mentioned, take anyway. Somebody even mentioned during the live stream that like this is just signature Lynch filmography. Like you can immediately yeah. tell he's back at the helm. Yeah, and yeah, completely right. It feels so. And good. And not the only. Mo- I mean, this isn't the only obviously scene where it's obvious. There's there's plenty, but yeah. Who cares how long the scene is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and we will freaking. That freaking bank scene. <laughs> we'll get to it. <sighs> but that piece of music I really like. Uh, it played here. It played um, when Coop arrives at Glastonbury Grove. Um, and then at the very end, it's playing when they're in room 315 at the Great Northern. It's neat to see the little bit of fallout, even if it's just Andy and Lucy, seeing somebody react to this crazy thing that just happened. And then you have, you know, Cooper back on the case. It's we're, we're straight back to original Twin Peaks. Everything comes full circle this episode. Yep. We've got you know Cooper and Truman working together to solve this mystery. You've got Lara's back in the fold. Sarah Palmer shows back up. Leland shows back up. Ronette shows oh, back up. Ronette Heidi Glassie shows, shows up. back up. Heidi's here. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes back. The around. waiter, the giant, the man from another play. We're all here. The gang all here this episode. Let's, while we're talking about this, you're right, but there is someone missing, and it, it it actually kind of bums me out that he's not in this episode. James, not James. Good. <laughs> Beasy, not Beasy. Oh, you must be referring to Dunk Jangle. 
So uh, sorry, Jared there's Horn. so there's two. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Mike. Mike. Not that Mike. Mike. Oh. <laughs> Other Mike. One the one armed man. The one armor. There's the one armor. Because man. why wouldn't he? I don't know why he wouldn't be in the red room. I, it had to be a scheduling conflict because I just don't see how he wouldn't have been brought back for this episode. Um, he was like the one missing spirit figure that we know in the series that just was not in this episode. And, right. and and that's really the only like little like, man, like why, why is he not here? Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like the, the one in the same line was meant for him to be there originally. Yeah. And it, maybe it was supposed to come from the man from another place. I do too. Well, well, when he says, I mean, we're obviously jumping ahead, but uh, the giant saying one and the same too, I always took as, uh, because he immediately says that right after the wait, he sits down, even though he's sitting next to the man from another place, it's right after the waiter disappears and then he says Mm -hmm. one and the same. Mm -hmm. So I always thought he was referring to that and not necessarily, I still don't think the giant and the man from another place are necessarily, I mean, they're of the same same realm, I guess, but they're not, Mm -hmm. they're not the same. But yes, I always thought Mike... Should have been there with, um, the man from another the man place. from another place. Yeah. yeah, but you do get the solidarity that the giant and the waiter are, you, uh, they're. I'm about to say they're connected. They're sure, of the connected. same origin right. and the same entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, a lot of plenty, plenty of returns. This episode is something that makes it certainly makes this episode so good. Uh, plenty of, plenty of callbacks. And a lot of just explanation for everything we've been talking about. Like, the whole idea of the Ghostwood Project is to put it in your mind that there is a location called Ghostwood. And and, and that ties in, too, with, like, thinking about, you know, you're seeing how, how not necessarily seeing how the Red Room works. But we're getting more of, like, what the Red Room is. And, mm-hmm. and I always, again, it's the same thing when I mentioned it with Josie. It's Ghostwood. Like these, yeah. these are the ghosts in the woods. Yeah, these are so the ghost woods. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. Like it's like okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the spirits never left. Right. That's and where the, they operate. And the Glastonbury thing, talking about that being the burial place of King Arthur, and we've yeah. got you know kings and queens at the forefront of this yep. half of the season. That that's a nice all, connection. Too. It all tracks and it all plays. I also love too with the twelve sycamore trees being around. Glastonbury Grove, or that's what is Glastonbury Grove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that that also ties into with the twelve rainbow trout that's in <laughs> yeah. Pete's truck. So it's just the use of, of twelve, 12 being rainbow twice. trout in the. So bed. I mean, that's a double. Pete, uh, Pete, almost he kind of steals this scene for me. The him saying oh, the log lady stole my truck is fantastic. Grand Theft Auto, so good, man. He's so good in that scene. So, Tyler, up to this point in the episode, how are we feeling? Lacrimose. What is that word? Whoa. I just got scholared. Lacrimose. Or given to weeping. Oh. Is that how you felt at this point? (laughs) Given to weeping at Pete's appearance? (laughs) Yes. It was such a moving portrayal of the character that is Pete. Of the human condition. Yes, I, I mean the, another great callback here is him just saying, uh, Cooper saying, "Fire, walk with me." Whom? Just because you haven't heard it in a while in the show, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, as as someone else mentioned in the chat as well, is uh, David Lynch came in and rewrote a lot of the script last minute. Yeah, I'd actually in. like to 
I'd like to talk about I'd like to talk about that at the end because there's a lot of information about that that I'd like yeah, to yeah. dive into. Yeah, we can save it. Yeah, I I think my favorite part about this whole interaction where Cooper and Harry are working hard to find the Black Lodge so they can find Wyndham Earl and save Annie, that Pete just busts in about his stolen truck and does not follow that what he is saying is misinformation. Yes. A lot lady <laughs> stole it. No, she didn't. Yes, He's she like, did. No, it was Wyndham Earl. I'm and telling I, you. And I love it because, yeah, she shows up. <laughs> and he would have been like, where's my truck? <laughs> like, we literally just told you she didn't steal your truck. Yeah, he's and just that's another one. Her, uh, the log lady showing up with the, the oil is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Which is calling back again because she was talking about her husband's disappearance. Yeah, her and, husband, yeah. And the oil that she yeah, had what did in her she possession. S- what did she say he said? Uh, this oil is a gateway or is the key to a gateway. Even if you don't fully get it, like connections are being made. You are being yeah. given the information. Right. It's a little piecemeal, but... If you put it together abstractly in your mind, you can make it make sense. Yeah, with visuals. I mean, it's just you're 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 mostly being told visually. You know where you've seen mm-hmm. the what Tyler refers to as the puddle of mud, um, <laughs> the puddle of of the mud. of the scorched in, engine oil. And I think uh, partly due to David Lynch's love of coffee, of course, but yep. the reference, the constant reference to coffee throughout the series is meant to be that parallel to the existence of this oily substance that takes you to another place. Yep. Like this thing that's been in front of you the entire time that does not make sense until yeah, just now, finally. Yep. And especially them both being yep. a circle. Yeah. Yeah. A cup of coffee is a ring of Black I love it. Fluid. Yeah. I love that. And if, if you don't get it, they shove it in your face yep. in the red room at the end of the episode. Yep. Yeah. With Cooper playing with the coffee. They mug. clearly bring it up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, Tyler, for kind of pushing you out and just <laughs> super nerding up to it's this cool. point. It's just it's cool, man. I've been waiting to gush about this since we started <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, anything jump out at you up to this point? This is the only scene Hawks in. Yes. Yeah. That is a huge bummer. That is a bummer. But again, another another callback. Like that's where I found the Glastonbury Groves. Like that's where I found the diary pages and the uh, towel with the blood. Bloody towel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved that. And then then Renat. Uh, Renat. Renat. Gene Renat. Renat. Oh, Renat. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Renat. Renat. <laughs> she should have married. <laughs> You should have married Jacques. Jacques. Missed a prime opportunity to be Ronette Renault. <laughs> Ronette Renault. That, that feels intentional. Oh, that does. That's so good. Oh, I hope no one's ever said that before. There's millions of Twin Peaks podcasts. I hope we're the first <laughs> ones to say Ronette Renault. Is there anything we can say that hasn't been said? Oh, for real. That's it fantastic. A question answer. Renault. Renault. That's so good. Yeah, um, my, my I only, liked. My only note like, of the scene is full circle. Like yeah, well, everything's coming back. Tyler had a great thing here too, where he was, where the, you know, right before, oh, um, yeah. they wanted her to sniff the 
the engine oil and he was just like no she's gonna give her ptsd <laughs> she's about to have some bad and PTSD. sure enough <laughs> she yep, reacted she reacted accordingly Dude, tyler i have been astounded by some of your predictions yeah, through this yeah you've had several you i mean you had a few tonight too but yeah, yeah. you had you um th- those were good for sure thanks man i try yeah yeah I, I bit my tongue so hard on the episode where you said like I think it would have been awesome. It was a uh, Leland's death. It's like it would have been awesome if Bob had just gone into Cooper. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, I did too. I think I even said I was just like, that's crazy. Yeah, you're talking gibberish. <laughs> exactly. That, that's something a, a dumb person says. Don't don't say dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Anytime you- Tyler ever says anything that's just going that is something like that i've always mm. tried to move away quickly yeah i, I, <laughs> I tried to move i learned to not be reactionary and to instead skirt the idea yeah yeah great we have earl and annie in the truck pete's stolen truck powder blue 12 rainbow trout in the back earl makes one a point to out. point this out yeah one taillight out which only yeah, you noticed. would have noticed yeah, i love that <laughs> Oh, I'm getting a headache from smiling so much. I've been having a blast. <laughs> yeah, this has been like great. This has been a great night. Um, my favorite thing about this, Tyler, you made a comment about the flashlight, just about it being not a great flashlight and one flashlight. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't yeah. have more flashlights. Um, my favorite thing that came out of the comments, I forgot who said it, maybe take the ring, mm-hmm. um, saying that the flashlight, uh, that specific flashlight, how it looked like an eye. And then, of course, as soon as I looked at the scene where they were flashing it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, it does. And then, mm-hmm. and then in the scene where he's shining it, um, at the at the Glastonbury Grove, like at the scorched engine oil, uh, the puddle of mud, you, it looks like an eye, like a flashlight, like an eye yeah. is looking at it. I, I I thought that was really cool because I've never actually uh, picked up on that. Mm-hmm. And they said David Lynch likes to use it, use that. Yeah, um, everything for, for as as wild as it is, and for as abstract as it is, is purposeful. When David Lynch has his vision realized, he. He has, he has a reason, and whether or not you can follow along with the stream of conscious, you know, method of directing and and making these things happen, it does serve a purpose, right? And yeah, you know, that's something I didn't know. So when I saw that comment, I was just like, "Wow, that's bananas! That's that's, cool. that's great trivia." That's that the best thing is that this is definitely a show where I'm always learning things. I feel like all the time and. You know, like I've said before, there's so many theories out there, and some just some will yep. click, some won't, mm-hmm. but some do, and you're like, man, I didn't, why didn't I think of that? So talking um, about talking about Earl and Annie in the truck yes. when they get to Glastonbury Grove, uh, she is resistant at first, so she is trying to pull away, and he's trying to pull her in, talking about how he almost broke Cooper before, but now's his chance to really get inside the lodge and really do what he's trying to do for sure. And it Tyler mentioned it it seems like a, a gentle struggle. Yeah. Like it it does seem very much like she could have broken away and bolted at any minute. But yeah. It's I don't know if that's intentional or if it was just like, hey, like struggle but don't hurt Heather Graham. Yeah. But my headcanon is that there was already something keeping her from running and it gets to a point where she just kind of stops and goes limp and blank right after Ren and Merle recites a couple of lines. Well, she also uh, recites. Um, 
Was it scripture? Yeah, it was. It was Psalm one forty one. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay. It's, she does sort of a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And to protect, it's like for asking for God's protection from mm-hmm. uh, one's enemies. I see. And Winnemarole has a couple of lines about clasping hands, similar to the Shelley's joke, Miss Twin Peaks <laughs> sort of speech. And this seems to put her into a sort of hypnotic trance where she's just completely yeah. compliant after that. And then he, he pulls her through these phantom curtains that just appear in the woods in this circle of sycamores. Band name called it. Circle of Sycamores. Yeah. It's pretty badass, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and the curtains fade in so subtly that it's... I always harken yeah, back I, to the I scene in Signs where It's they... really... It's it's actually amazing, the, sh- the shot of them coming in. It's something that I feel like could look so silly in theory. Right. But here it doesn't. It's executed really well. It really is. Like it, it kind of works like a cover-up tattoo, you know, because you got this, yeah. this uh, facade. Honestly, I have the same reaction. I have the same reaction as Truman when he sees Cooper go in. He's just like, "My God!" <laughs> like I'm like, "Yeah, that's how that's how I feel." <laughs> Man, it's great. Yeah, I, I always kind of harken back to that shot in Signs where the alien arm is on the kid and you don't see it oh, until it moves. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, it's there though. <laughs> Like, yeah. was it always there? <laughs> or did I just it catch it? Yeah. So it's not until the curtains start to kind of move that I'm just like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool, though. Uh, next is, I'm going to go ahead and say it's Tyler's favorite scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it a great a... scene. Big head it's Ed scene... just vibing. <laughs> Dude, it's a scene, though, that ends poorly for everyone involved. Yeah. Like yes. nobody has a good outcome. And this was this. inevitable. Absolutely it was. Yep. It's just such a it is nobody walks away happy after this scene. Uh I want to talk about um it is something we we brought up in the stream tonight the um Mike and Nadine's bandages being identical like these with superfluous the bandages. It. Yeah, with the blood. <laughs> That has come through them. I feel like when Nadine got hit by the sandbag, it did not produce that no. much blood. How did Mike get injured? Uh, he says he was hit by a falling tree. I wish we had seen that. Is this? Yeah, that's crucial footage that I missed. Yeah. Somebody else was hit by a, a tree, weren't they? Well, a red Bobby pine named Nadine. <laughs> Nadine, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a, I guess, a call into that if she's the tree that hit him, but I don't think that's the case. Um, I mean, Bobby got hit, uh, with a log by yeah. Log Lady Wyndham and he's True. a-okay this episode. Yeah, he's fine. He's fully recovered. He's ready to party. He is fine. He's ready to get hitched. He doesn't even mention <laughs> it, but that's... I wonder if him getting knocked sent him back to the first episode of Twin Peaks, so he says the same lines over again. Butte? yes that's the callback we needed full circle he knows now butte butte that's the other thing with so many things becoming or with so many things coming full circle in this episode and and just the appearance of circles it's kind of the running theme of the episode circles yeah just bringing it back around circle of sycamores yeah, Mike and Nadine have matching head bandages that are bleeding quite a bit. 
It's, These are layers cute. and layers of bandages, and they both have identical blood splatter across the tops of their heads. I bet his is fake. You think, I bet that's how enamored he is with me. He just did it in a, a show oh, of solidarity. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It's Doc Hayward that's with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah Big Ed. Big Ed is having a good time. He's snapping. Does Norma even have a line? No, I don't think so. She doesn't say anything. Right. She's just here. You can tell how disappointed she is at the end of the scene, though. Yeah. Well, when it starts, she and Ed seem like they're on cloud nine. There's not a care right. in the world. Right. Like, let's get this divorce over with. <laughs> yeah. Now it, it. it seems like everything's gonna it. be a okay, and then it, as we predicted, Nadine is. Right back to being thirty-five years old, mm. has no she idea. Has no recollection, yeah, that yeah. they've been involved. Wants to know where her drape runners are. That was amazing. <laughs> Another great callback. I also love that. That's where her mind went to. Just like, wait a minute. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> Is that the last thing she remembers? <laughs> yeah, where are my drape runners? I had to be. It was the last thing she was trying to do, and it it was that was what was failing before she took all those pills. Oh, uh, that was yeah. what you know she was upset about. Yeah, so. right back to the source of the trauma. Yep. So who's to say history won't repeat again? Mm. Oh, uh, I I marked down that uh, Mike's very first "I love you" to Nadine happens here. So that's our yeah, second he's... first "I love you." Jeez, do it. Okay, <laughs> let's. Let's go because, to the Hayward house. Because it's next. <laughs> yep. Let's go to the Hayward household. Well, let's do it. And let's... 20 second challenge. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk in circles. Let's get nowhere by saying nothing. Are we ready to begin? Go. Okay. Ben's at the Hayward house, and he's told Eileen something and nobody's having it. Donna's just screaming at everybody. Doc Hayward comes home and gets mad at Ben and just punches him. Sylvia Horn shows up for the first time since episode one. And that's really all that happens. Nice. 16 seconds. I'll take it. 20 second challenge. And now let's investigate it. (laughs) Truly the best part about this scene is Doc Hayward. Why just straight (laughs) punch Ben? He just comes in just like, Get now this is happening. House. He screams too because he knows he's the one that has to take care of him. He's the only doctor in town. He's gonna have to <laughs> clear that right hey, up. Man. <laughs> Keep the business coming. Now I've tried to treat you kindly. <laughs> kindly. <laughs> yes, man. That is the angriest he's ever been. Just punches him into the hearth. I think that's the only emotion I've ever seen out of Doc <laughs> Absolutely. I love Tyler's reaction when he gets punched into the fireplace. He just goes, he's going to catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what if he had just stood up engulfed in flame? Just, no! <laughs> and then he started walking away and, you know, then it just cuts back and to turns Doc back and he's like, fire walk, walk with, with me. me. <laughs> yeah. Just the end of Star Wars Episode 3. No! <laughs> Boo! I have the high ground, Anakin. You were the chosen one. This is the this is the end of Donna's storyline. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, what happened? She screams and cries did, did, did and she walks away, and that's it. That's she it. Probably, I'm going back to my room. She probably got on her bike and go. She got she, on her bike and go. That's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to do grammar. She probably got yeah. on her bike and go. I grammar so good. <laughs> 
So do. Let's talk about what really matters this episode. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Because this is the, the catalyst. Bait and switch. This is the catalyst for one of the strangest scenes of the episode. We got Andrew Packard going to the cake saver where this untouchable key that couldn't possibly be tampered with because it's under glass now gets tampered with. Andrew Packard swaps the safe deposit key under the cake saver and then says out loud, no one will be able to tell the difference. Why say this out loud? Because he doesn't have an internal monologue. It seems that way. Yeah. And Pete's standing in the door, confounded, as he walks in on him oh, doing this and saying Andrew. this. What is, is that? What does he say? He's like, it was some remark of disappointment. And then he's like, but count me in. <laughs> you son you of a bitch, son I'm, of a in. bitch <laughs> I'm in. You son of a bitch, I'm in. At the same time. <laughs> yeah, so now we can go to the woods. I hear they're wondrous. And strange. And strange. So I like when Cooper and Truman find Pete's truck in the woods and find Glastonbury Grove and realize this is where they need to be. Cooper takes the one flashlight they brought with them to investigate Mm -hmm. the entrance Mm -hmm. to the Black Lodge and just leaves Harry standing in the woods in the dark. (laughs) He tells him he can't. No, no, he tells him he can't go. Yeah. He's like, I have to go on alone. And then Tyler, I did actually notice, Tyler, you were were either... You either just said something or you weren't looking when he said that. Because I, I, I remember that happening. Because <laughs> I was like, that's kind of important that he's just like, no, I, you can't go. Mm-hmm. It's just me. He's just being selfish. This is my journey. Well, I'm sure Cooper has more of a hunch of what this could be. Mm-hmm. And doesn't want uh, Truman Could you imagine? Let's could you imagine Truman it. just wandering around the red room? Then <laughs> <laughs> we get like scenes with with Josie and all these wooden drawer knobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just rolling around the floor. Yeah, I wonder what Harry's red room looks like. It's yeah, right? gotta be just a. <laughs> it's just a wood room. Thomas, it's just booze and Josie and Tom, drawers. Thomas Eckerd shows up. I don't believe in ghosts. Ripped negligees. <laughs> Cappy's there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, young young Truman. <laughs> no, the statue is Cappy. <laughs> With no arms. The name was DeMilo, but that's not important. Exactly. So he gets he gets in the red room and Yeah. All hell breaks loose. Well, before he gets in there, he spots an owl. Oh yes. It's yes. true. An owl. Hold on, hold on, also, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Yes. There we go. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Did anybody else note that when Cooper enters the Red Room, when the curtains open for him, that footage is backwards? Hmm. No. It's fantastic. I did not. It's it's strange to see, and I was like, what's weird about this? And it's that he's 
he and the curtains are moving in reverse. That's great. So while we perceive the inside of the Black Lodge to be backwards, it seems like its effect on the real timeline just kind of takes whatever's happening and starts to reverse it on the fly. I thought it was just a really cool thing. It's like, while you're cool in there, sure. what you see is backwards. But while somebody is entering or is in the presence of the Black Lodge's entrance, that is backwards yeah. to people in the normal timeline. Yeah, that's very interesting. I just thought it was a really, really cool touch. For sure. Let's talk about the Red Room. Well, this is one of the coolest shots is when he first walks in and is walking mm-hmm. down the hall. We do get the statue, the Venus de Milo. Yes. Um, which we've heard in the series before. You were just mentioning the Gordon Cole line, mm-hmm. which he was yeah. talking about Shelley. So that just makes me, you don't know if there's a Shelley connection with it at all. And there's probably not. But it, I mean, it's one of those things that makes your mind wonder. Or was it one of those things that just got put in Cooper's head? And especially with Gordon. Right. So now it manifests. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Could be that, too. But man, the I mean, the scene, it almost reminds me of like the Stefan stuff from SNL. It's like the, you know, the Red Room. We It has it all. It's like you have, mm-hmm. you've got coffee, there's giants, there's, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. dwarfs, yep. there, there's waiters. There's fire. <laughs> if you really want to have a night on the town, you have to check out the Black Lodge. Opened in a pool of oil in the middle of the woods. This has everything. Giants. Reverse speech, half pint scare dances. What are half pint scare dances? It's the sort of thing where you have a midget, and it's it's playing smooth jazz, but everything is done in reverse. Uh, we'll cut all that. But nope. So this had to be the most artistic thing that ever made its way to network TV at this time, as far as a uh, primetime show goes. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that this even made it there at all, I think. I mean, it was it was the last episode. I figured they were just like, let's just go for it. Yeah. Well, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he definitely pulled out all the stops. Um, mm-hmm. Like, who's going to save Boo? No it's, stops it's the last left. one. These scenes, are, these scenes make me think. I mean, this they're beautiful. They're frightening. Um, yeah. I won't pr- pr- even pretend that I fully understand what's going on because I'd be, I'd be lying. But I... I can't. Yeah. I can tell you that I couldn't look away, you know, as this stuff is is going on. The first time I saw this, I was just like, "Oh my god, what?" It's entrancing. Yeah, um, and for that reason, this is definitely an episode I've revisited probably more than any other, just because I'm trying to piece things together. And it, it's one that I just keep thinking about. And it's one of those things too, where you know, Tyler, you you said it a long time ago, maybe around the first Red Room scene, but um, I remember you saying at one point you thought there would be more of it. And I remember saying, you know, I think it's like a less is more thing. And it is because then when when you get here, it's just like, oh, my God. okay, now it's just. We're seeing so much and learning so much more about what this is. And and I love that. I love that it was it was withheld for so long. I mean, who even knows if we were ever going to get here? And and there's more to this, too, because none of this was in the original script. We'll talk about that at the end. Uh, One thing I do want to say, too, is with doubles or or being and maybe this is more of a triple, but things being referred to as more than one thing. um, Mm -hmm. We we know that Coop called this the Red Room back when he had the first dream sequence. Um, And the man from another place refers to it as the waiting room. And I always just meant like the waiting room for what? Because, I mean, we see him go into other rooms, but is he going into the same room? Is it just like some sort of loop? Um, yeah. And also, 
Well, you have well, to wait. You can't just run out. Right. And people <laughs> in the waiting room. You have to and wait. Then, and then also, and that's that's the double part, but to make it a triple, I mean, a lot of people consider this to be the Black Lodge. And, and, and I mean, it's never thrown out there and said, oh, this is the Black Lodge. But what are they seeking this whole time? What is Wyndham Earl seeking? It's the Black Lodge. Like, what are they going into? What is he going into the woods looking for this night when Jupiter and Saturn are supposed to align? The yeah. Black Lodge, the gateway to the Black Lodge. I think it's pretty well understood. This is supposed to be the Black Lodge. I mean, a lot of people take it differently. So, I mean, and I'm, I would, I would never be like, no, this is, that's not the Black Lodge. You know, the, anybody's entitled to think whatever they want. It, it's, an, it's open to interpretation, but. Um, well, it's nomenclature, right? So everybody has different names for different things. Sure. If you're outside of it, if you don't exist in the spirit world, then the folklore around the woods and the town, well, you call like, it the Black Lodge. And also it's like know. with other other things in the town being called different things, like the Bang Bang Bar, the Roadhouse. I mean, there's so mm. many things that are Roadhouse. named duplicates. Hideout Wally's. <laughs> Wally's Hideout. See? Yeah. <laughs> you could go on and on and on. Yeah, this singer. Talking about entrancing mm-hmm. moments. Jimmy Scott. I don't know who Jimmy Scott is outside he... of this right here. <laughs> <laughs> But this, what I what I assume is an original composition for the series. I believe David Lynch wrote it. Yeah, that makes sense. Called the Sycamore Trees. Sycamore Trees is the name of the song. It's it's a great song, of course. He sells this song. And it's with absolutely no context as to who this is or what he's doing here. I was here for it. I was sold. The second he started singing and I saw him on screen, he's just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But let me see what's happening. <laughs> yep. I, I bought in. I was all in. Absolutely. That's one of the best. Um, it's probably my other favorite as far as the music goes. Moments in the show is just that that part of the song. And then he fades. That's what I love, too, is that he he fades out of the shot. Very much like uh, any Julie Cruz scene where she's performing. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you have the yeah, you have the comparisons, you know, to the roadhouse with the red room with the red curtains, which I love. Yeah. Um, Usually catalyzed by an onstage performance of yeah. some sort. So Jimmy Scott, I mean, I don't know if he's playing himself but it, or, or what. Um, I'm pretty sure he's credited as himself. But, I mean, I, I just always thought, okay, this is just a spirit that just came in <laughs> to, to sing because they like music in the air. And he disappears. Yeah, there's always music in the air. Yeah, he yeah. fades out. Hell no, you were a little surprised to see this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it cuts to him. Well, it's funny because you actually see him in the shot, his feet, and, like, the the cable to the microphone when the man from another place is dancing. You can see him mm-hmm. standing kind of behind, but it, it almost, I, I always thought when I first saw it was, oh, that's a, they're showing the cameraman. <laughs> like, <laughs> the shot, it's an accident. What yeah. a classic spoof. Oh, but it's not. But yeah, and I'll see you uh, in the sycamore trees. It's awesome. And then it cuts to Cooper, who is disturbed, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> and a lot of flashing lights. It feels yeah. very much like anybody who watched this felt. Yeah, well, the light, the lights yeah. flickering remind me of the strobe lights huh. uh, at the last episode. Yeah. Um, that happened during, or when Wyndham Merle was sabotaging the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. Mm-hmm. This is all very chicken and the egg mm-hmm. syndrome. Like, who actually did it first? Like right. who, who saw what first? Where did the influence come from? Right. This fades after this interaction to a shot of the bridge that Ronette Pulaski entered Twin Peaks on. And then uh, right back to Harry in the woods. He's been there all night. Yeah, he's been there for 10 hours at this point. Like, it's a good thing Andy showed up with the flashlight when he did, because he would have just been sitting in the dark <laughs> yeah. overnight. This is, Andy's got some ideas. This is a great scene. I love how long it takes Truman to answer. He's like, you want a thermos of coffee? silence 
Yeah. Fight yeah. special. Yeah. yeah. And th- this this is where I got thrown for a loop. I just love that dessert it for breakfast. I just love that it was Andy. It wouldn't have played as well if it was Hawk. No. No, no, Hawk has served his purpose for the episode. Just to say, yeah. that's See where you. I found those pages on the towel. See you in 25 years. Yeah, he, gets to, he gets to wait a, a solid 25 years to make his return. You want dessert? Yeah. Yeah. You want pie? Yeah. And that's pretty much the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harry, do you want pie? It's funny, though. Yeah. It's just like, it's another one of those instances where Andy's being supportive, but he doesn't really grasp what's happening. Right. Let's go to the bank. Bank, bank. Get that cash. The incomparable Miss Audrey Horn enters the Twin Peaks Savings and Loan. Oh, yeah. This is where we meet uh, Del Nibbler for the first time. Man, what a what a guy. What a character. So we, we should bring up the obvious... Um, instant for me uh i was instantly reminded of the waiter how long it takes mm-hmm. and just being being old being an old dude and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah 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 it just there's just that instant comparison of and, and also uh, the parallel to i mean we got the waiter in the first episode of this season and mm-hmm. now we're getting this guy <laughs> del nibbler <laughs> in the finale yeah, very, very long and effortful, yep. and long simple scenes. movements from point A to point B. Yeah, and, and just very long scenes, long shots. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I don't know that I'm fully on board with Audrey's plan here. So she comes in to handcuff herself to the vault door at the Twin Peaks Savings and Loan. Why? What is this going to accomplish? To protest. Is the... this where all the money is to... Yeah. Yeah, this is just a protest, the laundering of funds going towards the Ghostwood project, which at this point is, don't even worry about that right now. There is way bigger stuff going on. And this is the last episode of the season. Like, So why are we dedicating this moment and this effort to this? And she chains herself to the door. Yeah, just the door, not the vault as a whole. People can still come in and out of the vault as they please. Yeah. And the vault door is not even locked. Accomplishing nothing. The vault is open and the door is unlocked. She effortlessly pushes it open. Audrey's not smart. You take that back. Yeah, if that vault door had been shut, <laughs> she would have been crushed. She's smarter than you'll ever be, Patrick. Okay. You will not speak ill of the dead. She's not dead. Okay. I'll find out in 25 years. We will years. find out in 25 years. <laughs> when we return for Talking Backwards, the return. <laughs> about the time Laura Palmer comes back. We're, we're going to talk about uh, Talking Backwards, the return. We can, we'll take a 25-year hiatus. We'll all come back. Yeah, when I'm 58, we'll touch on the subject again. <laughs> yeah. I'll be long dead. Yeah, so her, her plan's not solid, but uh, Andrew Packard shows up with Pete, who's just riding shotgun and here for it. Yeah. And they bring in this safe deposit key. And again, I've got beef. Oh, yeah? I got beef. So Andrew and Pete show up to the bank with this safe deposit key that it takes this guy forever to walk over to, but he knows exactly where it is. Audrey just lets them in to the safe deposit room because, again, she is not chained to anything significant in the vault. Just the door, which is unlocked, walks them straight in there. When they open the safe deposit box, 
It is a bomb from Thomas Eckhart to Andrew Packard with a note that says, got you, Andrew. And it is, <laughs> at that moment, ticking down to completion. No. No. Nobody did this. Nobody planned this out to this specific a time and place. I think and it there's was not. I think it was Jones. There's, there's not any sort of pull cord attached to the door. So when he opens it up, it's just right on the money. Like, now's the time. So he was just hoping against hope that exactly this day, at exactly this hour, somebody was going to open the safe deposit box and get explosioned. Dave, you don't it's know how time works in Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yes. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for You're understanding. Welcome. Whatever. I had beef. <laughs> I got beef. I had beef. I had beef. Gotta I had finish beef. those. Uh, best part is it sounds like he says, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. The caption just says, right. oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I, I feel like we really glossed over a major detail in the scene. Let's hear it. It's the, it's the new accounts clerk. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think there have been any she's new accounts in a minute. Dead. I think she's actually no. dead. Yes. Yep. You, now, you, your job, you just sit here yep. until somebody wants to open Until you die. <laughs> well, she's dead now. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. If she wasn't before, Nobody she is ever now. Came to open a new I mean, she account. was further away than Audrey was, but she's dead. I mean, we, we do get a little good news because some random police officer finds out that somebody had a boy. <laughs> yep, it's a boy. What was that about? There's a phone call in the background that a police officer answers. I think that's one of my like... favorite thing about a lot of David Lynch stuff is just the, it's so absurd. That yeah, and it's just, it's things. real life. It's like this, yeah, if this would happen like, it's the inconsequential yeah. goings on of people in the love background. It. Yeah. Real it. life. This is real life. A phone call at a bank <laughs> is answered by a cop and he yells. Yep, it's it's real life. It's happened to me. <laughs> That's just what happens. Yeah. Bob, we yeah. had a baby. I think in the back of my mind, it's so that you suddenly made an unconscious connection with this police officer who definitely died in this explosion. It's like, oh, he just had a son. So now he's wiped from the face yeah. of the earth. The best shot that happens here uh, oh, yeah. is the glasses flying in the air after the explosion. It's fantastic. And then $1 bills are flying. $1 bills. Five $1 are, bills. Yeah, are flying in the air. Because it wouldn't have looked good if they just sent one $5 bill flying. Right. I know. You need to have five $1 bills. Like, we tried it. Can we break that up? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. solid. Or <laughs> <laughs> somebody standing just off camera peeling them off. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. slowly. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. It was perfect. Very, very insignificant. That could have been left on the cutting room oh, floor. It. Oh, I loved for it. For sure. I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah, I loved it. But Oh, check it out. Also, the building that exploded, that that was like stock footage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think it was in the budget to actually explode a building. Yeah. For the series. Yeah. We need What's it from? Listeners, if you can tell me what what movie from the <laughs> 70s that's from what Sly Stallone action flick was that ripped from <laughs> and repurposed for this scene Let's see alright well we're at the the old double R double R yep. yeah. and we are back to barking the bark, yeah, bark boy body's back in action boy. but why is she barking because he taught her I feel like no I feel like this was an established thing yeah just off camera. Right. Yeah, I think that was just... Bobby six. Barks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> hey, Shelly, this one time, 
Mike and I were in jail and we started barking <laughs> at, uh, at James and it was it was pretty cool so you need to start doing that start calling ourselves the Barkhouse Boys and I just I just get on board with this please Barky Bark yes. I don't have a lot left to hold you. on to in life just please be a Barkhouse Boy for me one time agree that if I start barking you'll just start barking I need you to be my wingman it would have been great if she just like her bark was like like a, a chihuahua. <laughs> just a shrill, but super loud somehow. So he's recovered from getting hit with a log. Just fine. No yeah, he's good. Needed. He's fine. No bandages, yeah. yeah. Unfazed. Uh, let's get to the most important part of this scene. Mm-hmm. The grand return. Heidi. Of Heidi. Yep. Uh, first time we've seen her since the pilot. Uh, and yes. then they go on to exchange the exact same dialogue from the pilot. It's a double. Absolutely. And her laugh is just a joy. I feel like the point of this is really just to take you back. Just remember. Yep. Like, you know you remember Heidi. If you're not sure why, then you think about it. And you think back to where you started. Like, where all this started has led to where we are now. Yeah. Heidi, the exact same lines about, thought you Germans were always on time, had to jumpstart the old man, all of that. Like, we're back and remember, remember the murder, remember yeah. Cooper showing up. Yeah, and like if that everything. doesn't take you back right away, Sarah Palmer walks in with Dr. Oh, Jacoby. Yeah, finally I mean, yeah, Sarah Palmer's it's, back. Yeah, it's so great. She was missed, for yeah, sure. The entire all, Palmer I mean, clan shows up. Yeah, like correct. all of the Palmer family, I think it's great to see them again. I mean, they were the family, they were the heart of the this beloved show, and I think it's fantastic to see them back on our screens. All of them. Sarah Palmer sits down across from uh, Major Briggs and his lovely wife, Betty. Yeah, so he, uh, Jacoby makes a very important comment here, I think. Cause he Fresh like, off of his stagecoach. Yes. He <laughs> says, you know, yeah, Major's here, just like you said. Like, so she had some sort of vision. Sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. Are you sure about that? She's had two visions. <laughs> but it like? really feels like Sarah's not driving in this instance. No, definitely no. not. Yeah, she's um, a mic. Let's Ooh. talk about who you think it is. So what she says. Try to keep it in the family. What she says yeah. in a very distorted voice. Um, with it, As many times as I've watched this, I feel like I can hear her voice on top of another voice. That's another voice. Yeah. Wendy Merle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendy Merle is a very easy go-to because he says, I'm in the lodge with Dale Cooper. Well, the caption says Wyndham Earl's voice. Oh, it does. And then the Black Lodge. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, okay. That's funny. Um, yeah. I've seen theories online that think Earl it might utilizing be... some sort of walkie-talkie protocol to right. I've, reach out. I've. I think it's. I think it is too. I've just seen other theories that think it might be um, the man from another place, uh, like the I'm waiting for you. Um, mm. But it makes more sense to be Wyndham Earl because um, we already know his connection with. Major Briggs in Project Blue Book. So I always think, man, did Major Briggs go here after? Maybe. Like, did you wonder. He go, yeah, over to Glastonbury Grove. Well, when you get a message that says "I'm waiting for you," <laughs> right? If you're a man of curiosity, you go find the place and see who's waiting. Right. But this, of course, is beyond our understanding at this point. Right. Could be a trap. We cut to a we cut to a commercial break, mm-hmm. and then uh, we come back to the late night with Dale Cooper. Um, his guest is a man <laughs> from another place. 
who's got some stuff to say. Yeah, Dave, I'll let you talk. Got something to say. So yeah, unprompted, uh, the man from another place just outright says, the next time you see me, it won't be me. And then Cooper, or he offers him some coffee, right? What do you, yeah, what do you think that, that means, though? Next time you see me, I won't be me? Yeah. His doppelganger? Yes. With the eyes? Definitely the doppelganger. Who announces himself as the doppelganger. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it, it eventually comes that. He offers him some coffee. He says, next time you see me, I won't be me. I, you know, I've always, if we can talk real quick about him, I've always been confused. Is he good or, or bad? I can never. This is actually the first instance where I, I saw him and thought, maybe this is a malevolent spirit. Yeah. I can never figure it out. He, I always, he seems sinister in this scene. Yeah, there's time. But then it's like his doppelganger is clearly sinister. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, is he the bad yeah. one? I just don't. I can't. It, it, and especially, like, when he's sitting next to the giant, who we know has been a good spirit who's helped Cooper. I, I just get very confused yeah. by He has a him. huge crush on Coop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Dave, I would say he's, uh, I'd say he's chaotic neutral. Sure, sure. I was hoping he was gonna like pull out some bubble jug and be like, "You want some gum?" <laughs> yeah, it's back back in style. <laughs> Here you go, big league chew. Oh, yes, just pulls out a pack of juicy fruit. You haven't seen this in the wild. <laughs> anyway, continue. Loses its flavor quick, but while it's there, it's good. Yep. Guess who shows up? Laura Palmer. Who that? She's back. Or is it? uh, He says some of your friends are here. Some of your old friends are here. I don't think she was ever his friend, though. No. Well, no, Dell never knew Laura Palmer. Yeah. That's true. So what what does the man from another place know? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. What does he know? Oh, y'all don't know each other? She says hello to him. She winks at him. Mm-hmm. And she'll see him again in 25 years. Yep. Um, there's also a snap. And that's, uh, that is a ref. Yeah, there's a snap that immediately cuts back to Cooper. Do it, Dave. I love it. I love it. That's I don't awful. know what it means, but I love it. Um, so we know this as being a reference to Cooper's dream from episode two, where he, he says uh, it was 25 years later. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, also a reference or, to the little boy and the old woman from Donna's visit yeah. to what? the house where the little boy says, ma'am, sometimes things can happen just like that. Yeah, and he snaps, yeah. And then hardly the first instance of snapping to be referred yeah, to, but is. I feel like that's the significant one because that's the only single snap to call back right. to. Everybody right. else just is just kind one. of stepping to the beat. Right. Yeah, so yeah, snapping is snap, relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking one snap haps, Right. That's the one it calls back to for me. Yeah. yeah. And our good buddy, the waiter, shows back up with uh, back. <laughs> Cooper's room service. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cup of coffee? Man, I would have loved to have just seen him filming this and just him see. I mean, obviously, I don't know Hank Warden, but like just seeing his reactions being directed in this scene, I think would just be amazing you don't know hank Warden? to be a fly on the wall in this scene yeah. while they're filming all of this would have just been incredible it had to be well I there was what a i read too, just going this is fucked true. up i think what i read too i think they just they stayed up all night just filming this 
like just yeah doing it sleep they deprived him of sleep for a solid 12 hours i'll have to show you guys actually richard bamer who plays benjamin horn took some amazing photographs from the filming of this scene and they are oh, really they're absolutely incredible i'll send you a link to view them all later uh I'll well how did you take them while he was knocked out and on fire <laughs> right i'll um i'll try to throw them on our instagram too uh but it, they're awesome they're really great photographs yeah i would like to see those for sure look at this photograph yeah the the waiter brings him some coffee slowly but surely coffee oh my gosh coffee i'm i'm super bummed he didn't say that he'd heard about dale <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah. coffee. Coffee. coffee i love how many times he says it mm-hmm. how many times does he say it i think it's five and i'm pretty sure it's the same number of times that uh shoot i had a i had a double i didn't write it down five five one dollar bills yeah, the, after he gives Coop, <laughs> after he gives Coop the coffee, <laughs> that was it, waiter, right? Was that not it? What the five dollar, five one dollar bills? Was that not the other five? No, it wasn't that. But wow, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the waiter drops off the coffee, and Cooper starts to kind of play around with it. The waiter becomes the giant and oh sits God. down next to the man from another place. Who says they are one and the same? Cooper has a cup of coffee that becomes solid. It was always solid. The fluid becomes solid. But then it's just coffee that he spills. And then it turns into oil coming out of the mug, which prompts men from another place to say, Wow, Bob, wow. Which is a palindrome, meaning it is. it is the same forwards and backwards. It is a reflection. Much like the Black Lodge is a reflection of reality, and it is a different dimension. Yes. And a double thing. I love, too, that him saying this, it makes me, I've always took it as he, when he says, wow, Bob, wow, is that Bob did this. Yeah. Like he did mm-hmm. this to the coffee. Like, yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah. This is wow, how Bob, wow. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. So Cooper's going to try to run away, but it's not going to work. Good luck. He is in a closed loop of reality and cannot seem to find an outdoor. He keeps going in the outdoor and out the indoor, Mm. finding himself right back in the waiting room, which is, sorry, I think we kind of glossed over it. We talked about it before, though, that the man from another place says, this is the waiting room while he's sitting there with Cooper. Right. Yes. But he finds himself right back in there in the the three chairs set up, the the late night set up, and just says, wrong way. No. It's like, oh, and another one of your friends is here. This is your life. <laughs> and in case you weren't sure whether or not this was Maddie, she walks out of the curtains and says, I'm Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Thanks for that. And she says, watch out for my cousin. So whatever Lara is in the Black Lodge, we can be assured is a malevolent force. Yeah, but are we talking yes. about her or the doppelganger? We're both. Who's to say? Yeah, we're both. I'm going to say it's the doppelganger because she's the one shrieking like a banshee for half of this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so after Maddie warns Cooper about Laura, uh, he starts to run off again, runs back into the man from another place, kind of, 
Only now, yeah, only now he seems more jerky and skittery, and his eyes are stark white. Yep. And he just says, doppelganger. Yeah, he's a, he's a white walker. Doppelganger is a copy of oneself that exists somewhere in reality that if you encounter and make eye contact with, will kill you. Mm-hmm. So you're not supposed to ever touch your doppelganger. <sighs> That's a great tip. Yeah, so... <laughs> A little bit of lore there for you. Uh, yeah, the I, man from another, the weird man from another place, the weirder man from another place, just says doppelganger, and Coop does what I would have done and just runs again. Yeah. And ends up running into Lara with normal eyes. Mm. Yeah. Who just? <laughs> I I still don't follow the reasoning for this, but just puts her hands up and says, "Meanwhile." Yep. Meanwhile. Well, <laughs> it's very strange. It's similar. That's not normal. No, but it's Laura. similar. Yeah, it is. It's Doppelara. It's um, Doppelara. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the sign. The meanwhile, it the it it's similar to sign language for tree. It's not exactly it, tree. but it's similar. Well, hand signals. What good are those? <laughs> that was a uh, Lucy's line from the very beginning of the episode. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's similar to a tree in American sign okay. language. Okay. Well then, coop. Leaves. Well, I, I want to say one thing too about her because she says the meanwhile and then she screams. Oh yeah, she shrieks. She shrieks. I, I always got the call back here to Bob coming over the couch because she's kind of yes. crawling over a couch. Yeah, so she kind of backs up know, over. Just, I just the got that and... visual connection to mm-hmm. Bob doing that. Absolutely, and it's but it's just done in reverse. It's the same yeah. way he would have come over the couch, but yeah. she's just going back over this configuration also, of chairs. right at the very end of her screaming, there's a negative image that comes up of mm-hmm. uh, Earl's face. Yeah. Um, I had to pause and check it a couple of times to see who exactly it was, but it's kind of like the Mr. Howdy in The Exorcist where you just get you know, a, a second of it, right. or half a second of it. Who finds himself with a wound again around his abdomen? He's wounded. So this is also mm-hmm. this because th- we find out later he gets stabbed by Wyndham. Yeah. Yep. So this is just playing with the idea of the the time shifting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, things just. I'll be honest. Around. All of this stuff was a blur. <laughs> it is. There was so much. Yeah. Happened. So much yeah this just, this yeah, just yeah, becomes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I've had to go back and watch. Nightmare. I've I've watched this a million times. So like it's. Yeah. A million. Probably maybe a million one. We'll have to go back. A lot of imagery. <laughs> in a lot this of last imagery. Yeah, minutes. a lot. A lot happens. Um, but that that makes that makes me just think time and. Uh, you say it. No, I was going to say I'm in the Black Lodge. The it shifts. Mm. I don't even know if it exists. And he does get stabbed, but what it immediately evoked for me was, of course, the gunshot wound from the beginning yeah. of the season. And just again, one of those things, just like, hey, remember, yeah, think exactly. back. Another callback to the beginning. Yeah, just like, don't forget where we started. And then one of the most confusing interactions mm-hmm. comes in as as Cooper enters another room in the Black Lodge, quote unquote. It's just another copy of the mm-hmm. the room with the red curtains and the zigzag floors. But he sees himself and Caroline on the floor bleeding out Caroline. and he says Caroline but then he says Annie and when it cuts back it's Annie now that's on the floor right. who extremely yeah. creepily yeah. gets up off the floor in reverse Heather Graham in this 
actually in this whole episode i think she's phenomenal she kills it yeah she really does but yeah she gets up off the floor in reverse and has this look on her face like she's not looking at anything yeah in particular. no she's so good in that shot she's just like looking around yeah again like a trance yeah like like she's hypnotized right Man, and so gets up to talk to cooper and he's talking to her kind of but she's talking backwards and she says dale i saw the face of the man who killed me it was my husband as annie i love tyler's reactions here too like she's married <laughs> look on You're your right. face was just like what <laughs> such revelations oh but we were all fooled and this confuses cooper because like i what are you talking about the man who killed you and then it's caroline again because he's like annie what are you talking about She's like who's annie and now it's caroline again but then it's laura palmer and then it's Wyndham Earl. <laughs> yeah, and then Wyndham Earl oh shows gosh. up. Like, who are you talking to? Yeah. He's talking to them all. And it seems like Wyndham Earl still has some kind of power here because he seems to still be holding Annie captive in some layer of this place. It's like, yo, you can have Annie or I won't kill her if I can have your soul. Which, was this Earl's endgame the whole time was to get Cooper's soul? I, surely not. Is this, is this to, really what it all came down to? All to realize he can't take yeah. it. Yeah. Like, he wanted to come here to be this god that can do whatever he wanted, but he can't do whatever he wanted because there were gods already there. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't sit with us. Well, I... Can't sit here. Because Bob shows up here. Yeah. And... Bobby. <laughs> and he... So he basically reverses that action of Wyndham taking mm -hmm. his soul. Reverse, reverse. Yeah, but I, I always looked at this scene as like, I don't know. I got, I then got Mike the kind of idea. Curtain and goes like hell. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be great. Anybody got a knuckle? I like the idea of, um, with Bob killing Wyndham, David Lynch just being like, sorry, buddy. Bob is the real villain of the series. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're not really cutting it. Yeah. Bob was always, you know, it was always the, the big bad. The big bad of Twin Peaks. It was always you. It was exactly. It was always you. But it also shows that Bob isn't necessarily just a direct to Cooper villain. He just, he's the chaotic evil. Yeah. He'll just take whatever he can get. Right. Well, like, yeah, he's hungry for souls. He yeah, like, it's interesting that he saves him. And obviously we know what happens later. So it makes you wonder what, what his what his end game was like mm -hmm. what he knows he can do with, with Cooper. Right. So. Well, I mean, like I said, chaotic evil, just wherever he can stir the pot, that's where he's headed. Yeah. So he takes Wyndham Earl out of the picture because like, no, no, you yeah. can't step in here and try to do this stuff. This is my house. Yep. Fire comes out of his head. Yep. Or which he, I don't know. Eats. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And bye-bye Wyndham. Thanks for coming. Yeah. By the way, extremely good reverse acting on everybody's part. Yeah. Wait, I don't want to gloss over that. While Wyndham Earl is trying to scream and fight off Bob as he's being taken over, Bob just hits mute. Yeah, he's like, be quiet. You're done. Yeah, and, and like he's clearly still screaming yeah. and, and resisting, but he yeah. you just can't hear him anymore. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was that was great. Uh next is one of my favorite, favorite scenes. 
oh yeah of this episode so coop mm-hmm. runs off he's like i'm getting the hell out of here <laughs> get me out and then all of but a he's sudden, still in this haunted house yeah 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 of so all of a sudden we and... see another shadow behind the curtain running along mm-hmm. uh it this is one of the best parts him trying to get through the curtains mm-hmm. and just how long it takes him is the <laughs> funniest thing i love it um like but i'm sure also, it was just hard to do backwards but yeah. it, it reads so funny yeah so then he runs <laughs> up playing out this this person runs up to bob and starts manically laughing we figure out this is the doppelganger of cooper and it's mm-hmm. so frightening because we've never seen cooper in this way mm-hmm. acting like it's it's so off-putting very unsettling yeah because we've never seen him like this yeah and they're just laughing together like oh my god look at Look at what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, like, like, we did it, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super frightening because you you see this, like, hunched figure in the shadow that, like, just kind of manically struggles to get through the curtains. He's like, he just can't help himself almost. He's like, oh, I can't even think straight. I can't even get it right. Yeah. And he's just so stoked on what's about to happen. Yeah. And, of course, Cooper's already run off at this point. He doesn't see his doppelganger come through the curtains. Yeah, he missed he missed the best part. He missed the whole thing. He missed the but show. But he does, he does bump into yet another old friend yes. in the hallway. Who is it, Doug? He just sort of emerges like Homer Simpson in the in the, in the yeah. <laughs> And uh, this is Leland Palmer's doppelganger. Who did not kill anybody. This Which may be why? true. I mean, maybe, you know, Leland. Leland did. This Bob. made my blood run cold the first time <laughs> I saw it. Did not. Yeah, do your do your impression of it. I didn't kill anybody. It's pretty good. Just seeing Ray Wise with the white eyes and just, again. White eyes, Ray Wise. Unaffected. <laughs> unaffected by anything. White eyes, Wise. Yeah, white eyes, Wise. Yeah. Just unaffected by everything, indifferent. Yeah, and then just, him giggling with, with, with Doppelkoop mm-hmm. is just. And for me, it's like you could, you could feel him just hear what Cooper thinks as soon as he sees him. He's like, Leland Palmer, the guy the guy who killed Laura, almost like realizes exactly what Cooper thinks of him when he sees him. He's like, no, no, I didn't kill anybody. Like, you got me all wrong, chum. But he doesn't he's, stick around to have was, a conversation. He just keeps running. Yeah, he was possessed Just a step ahead Bob. of Doppelkoop. Bob did the killing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doppelkoop's right behind him, and he has a, a good chuckle with Leland. <laughs> Yeah. The backwards laughing is also one of the best parts. At, at, yet, at. That's so funny. Cooper gets chased down by his doppelganger and he finally makes contact and this kind of spits him out of the Black Lodge and back into the circle of sycamore trees in the woods with where the Harry is still waiting. And also with the spotlight on it again, the use of the spotlight, which we've seen mm-hmm. when Bob killed Maddie. We've seen mm-hmm. it at the roadhouse. We saw it when Bob emerged from the Black Lodge when yep. we found the location. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now Coop's just kind of exhausted on the ground in the middle of the woods. And Annie and, still got the all the blood on her face from what happened, I guess, in there. But we yeah. never really saw like how she got the blood on her face. Yeah, we didn't see what Windermere did to her in there. Well, I thought that was like Caroline. I don't know if it was that was an effect mm-hmm. of her switching with Caroline because I always just took it as it was Caroline's. And she's well. Uh, wasn't she also wearing Caroline's dress when she left? When she's outside. When when she gets out, I'm not sure. Tyler, 
I think she's no. She's not. Okay. No, she's wearing that black okay, dress. Okay. Okay. Oh, the black dress from the lodge. Okay. okay. Yeah, there. It could have been some cross contamination with yeah. swapping bodies so many times. I think so. that's what I think. That's how I I took it. So he's back out, and uh, they get him. I guess it's back to the bookhouse boys headquarters where he wakes up or is he in the hotel no, he's in the hotel he's in his hotel room he's at in the great northern that's right 315 meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile yeah cooper wakes up uh in his bed in the great he's northern been, he actually no he was never sleeping no he yeah he says he wasn't sleeping while uh doc is just in bed with him basically he needs to brush his teeth doc shouldn't you be taking care of benhorn yeah also <laughs> why didn't we just take cooper you to the hospital just for just to be sure Give him a once over. Yeah. Why did we take him just back to his room? Like, Any poor Annie guy. Because Annie went to poor the little hospital. guy. He probably just needs some rest. Annie went to the hospital was just because Coop didn't have blood on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That tracks. Still would have taken him. I wonder if it was like Doc going, "We need to get him to the hospital right now," and Harry's just like, "I got him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take care of him." Yeah. Cooper wakes up and he needs to brush his teeth. Yeah. Good idea. And he decides again he needs to brush his teeth. He says, he does say, how's Annie right here, quickly. Yeah, so Cooper heads on so, into the bathroom to brush his teeth. Lives out one of my lifelong fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> Emptying toothpaste into I'm just squirting the toothpaste sink. into An the sink basin. tube of toothpaste into the sink. And he looks right. up into the mirror and uh, just goes ahead and puts his face through it. Yeah, why not? Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, You do get the very quick shot of seeing Bob's reflection. Tyler, I'm glad you caught it. I noticed you caught it before it cut away because it cuts back to Doc and, mm-hmm. and Harry. Or at least it seemed like you caught oh, yeah. it, Tyler, because you reacted like I thought. you were. I didn't think it was quick. I guess not, but it does cut away from it. Yeah. It's if you're not like second. looking at the mirror, I could see where you might not notice it. Right. But like it seemed the like the last you... time, if you didn't look at the mirror, you might not notice Bob. Sure. Yeah, that freaked me out. <laughs> Yep. Calling a double on that. Full circle. Coop puts his face through the mirror and it smashes it. And as he pulls away, bleeding from the forehead, he has a mirror reflection of Bob in the mirror. Yeah, now he's, with the now same he's got wound. blood on his face, just like Annie had blood on her face. Yep. Yeah. Now take me to the hospital. Jeez. <laughs> now are you convinced <laughs> that I need medical attention? <laughs> Look what you made me do. Ugh. Then he just starts laughing. Yep. Says, and how's, Annie? Annie. How's, yeah. how's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? Over and over, again, mocking just the idea of Cooper being concerned about Annie. Yeah. And it's it's chilling. And guys, this is the end of the <laughs> season. The end of the series. <laughs> the end of yeah, the series. For, for all I cannot believe. I love that. The partnership between Cooper and Bob, that opens up one of the biggest mysteries, and so many new stories could emerge from that. I, how could they not want a season three to see like what that partnership was going to be doing? I would have loved to have seen so much more of that. Mm-hmm. Did they know they were getting canceled at this point? No. Didn't get canceled until after. But they hadn't obviously hadn't been picked up. Right. So, I mean, there was the opportunity to wrap it up in a nice bow, but why do that? That's not Lynch's style. It's true. I do want to tiptoe here a little bit. I don't. So, Tyler, what what do you what do you make of of that? Do you, Dave? Do you know what I'm about to ask? 
about what he thinks that is? Do you want me to? I want you to pray. <laughs> okay. How did you? How did you take that? Um, you think that's real Cooper and Bob and Bob together? What do you mean? Or do you think that's doppelganger Cooper and Bob? Oh, in the like in real life now. I hadn't thought about it. Okay. It makes sense. I think And th- this is something I kind of I kind of bit my tongue again. Uh or actually yeah. I I spoke out of turn one episode. Yeah, you did, yeah. Where you said something about uh who is your favorite Cooper character? Yeah, you did. You're like that's I was like, oh, I mean, you it, did it, it depends. You did it, in, it was in the season it's 1 like, recap. Ew, ew. You said you're like that's that's the thing we're getting to. You're like there's multiple Coopers. <laughs> Tyler's like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I really got ahead of myself on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was forever ago. I just like hearing that because that's something, again, you wouldn't really think about after watching this maybe multiple times. But I like I like throwing it out there um, and just hearing your, your take on it because I've gone and looked back at, like, you know, what people have th- people thought then. And, and it seems to be kind of mixed. I mean, some people thought it was just Cooper and Bob, just regular Cooper. And then some are like, oh, that was that was the doppelganger. And like, just Cooper's, like the Coop we know getting possessed or. Yeah. Cooper's still in was it there. the buddy cop pair we saw in the lodge? <laughs> right, right, right. And that like Cooper's still in the lodge. Hmm. <clears throat> mm. That's interesting. And we are left to wonder for twenty five. Well, years. Oh, well, I will say. I mean, obviously, we don't fire fire walk with me does not get. Uh, it does not pick up here. Right. But there are very very important details that happen in the finale that get touched on and it get expanded more. Um, so that's, that's kind of all I'll say. Cool. You would have to like you, if you, like I said, if you were a person that went and watched fire walk with me without seeing this series, boy, I couldn't even imagine what you thought you <laughs> were seeing. Um, but anyway, that, yeah, that was season two of twin peaks. Yep, We did it. We did it. We made can't it. Believe, we made it. We it. made it all the way. We did. We made it this far. We did. Can't believe it. I know that there were some some real humdingers in this one, but uh, we got to pick out a damn fine line of the night from this episode. Tyler, I don't know if you're actually prepared. <laughs> Not at all. Since you have just been exposed <laughs> to okay. it. But yeah, let's jump into our damn fine lines of the night. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, excuse me, a damn fine. I will go first. Great. Do it. Mine is from the waiter in the Black Lodge. He doesn't have much to say, but what he does say is very significant. Coffee. 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 That was amazing. <laughs> My damn fine line of the night comes from Laura Palmer. So it's something that I wouldn't feel it, I, it wouldn't be as significant without the return. I think that line played a lot into what brought Mark Frost and David Lynch back to this world. I love it. So yeah, Laura Palmer. I'll see you again in 25 years. 
That oh, also, uh, my runner-up, and Tyler, please, if you'd liked it, it was very hard not to. I, I just felt like I couldn't choose a funny line for this one was uh, Pete Martell saying, the log lady stole my truck. I love it. Is, I love that, that line. Good. It's so good. The log lady stole my truck. The Twelve log, rainbow actually, trout in the truck bed. I lo- Oh, we didn't... Did we talk about it, too? I, maybe we did, but I loved... Pete also saying King Arthur is buried in England. <laughs> <laughs> we did not talk about that. Uh, just amazing. I feel like my line is probably when the exchange between Ed and Nadine. <laughs> Where are my Drake runners? Where are my Drake runners? Nadine, how old What kind of a stupid question is that? Answer me. Oh. <laughs> how old are you? 35, you moron. yeah that's great yeah that line's awesome that rules we had a discussion about her age a few episodes back and i love Mm -hmm. that she just flat out says her age here yeah if we just waited (laughs) we wouldn't have had to do all that research yeah that was our damn fine lines of the night gentlemen here we are Season two finale. Yeah. How does one compartmentalize their thoughts and feelings? Very easily. You rate it on a scale of someone's forehead who wasn't even in this episode. Absolutely. I was thinking we rate it one to five eye patches. One to five single dollar bills. Don't give me more work to do this week, Tyler. <laughs> one, have... one to five James Hurley wearing an eye patch with a dollar bill taped to his forehead. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. So I guess uh, James Hurley foreheads, even though he's not in this show anymore. Yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, that's fine. Talking foreheads. I can't. I just can't. James! So this is Talking Foreheads, and I don't need to explain myself to you people. It's five foreheads. Just five. And that's all there is to it, guys. It this episode rules. It Top does. to bottom, left to right. This is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. It's certainly the episode I've rewatched the most. Um, like I said before, one of the most powerful, thought-provoking episodes of TV I've ever I've ever witnessed. I can't believe it ever made it to air. Um, <laughs> they rewarded the viewers who stuck out the rough patches of yeah, season two. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out Evelyn Marsh. <laughs> and with that, I give this episode... Five, four, Just five. <laughs> I'm having trouble, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, where's okay. the struggle? Let's talk it out. Yeah, let's talk it if out. If I didn't know that the show got canceled and there was going to be an immediate season three, it might be five foreheads. Mm. But... It's there's so many loose ends. Harsh in my vibe. Harsh in my vibe right now. <laughs> I've warned you good. though. I've warned you about the loose ends though. And I mean you can't Yeah. I know. Nothing's gonna get wrapped up. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> we told you there were gonna be loose ends. We told you who Diane was. We yeah, knew we this did. was gonna happen. I prepared you. You had everything you needed to get through. I know. And I made it. I'm alive. I'm shocked that you made it all the way, honestly. I really That's thought true. there were a couple episodes where you were just going to bow out. That's true. So thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Man. Go with your gut. Don't don't go with what we're gonna like. Go with go with your gut. Yeah, you don't have to impress with... me. You don't have to prove anything to me. No. I'm gonna go with four and three quarter four. I can't Whoa. The graphic. <laughs> Just four and three quarters. <laughs> and I think that's completely acceptable. I guess Thank that you. concludes Talking Foreheads for season two. Wow. Crazy. Man. Talking Foreheads. Oh, Tyler, I got to ask, real honestly, at this point, all the way through the end of season two, would you consider yourself a Twin Peaks fan? I think so. I feel like, I mean, I make references to it. I was, I was at my sister's house a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law's brother was there and he was talking about his dog and his dog's name is Hawk. And I was like, Oh, you big twin peaks fan. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> and I said, who is that? Why does everybody keep asking me that? <laughs> That's amazing. So I, th- I think so. I reference it enough in my daily life. And to the point that I, I do think about it. I think at least if podcast. you think about it, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is like, even just watching this episode, I mean, I don't know how you're going to feel, but I, I couldn't stop thinking about what I saw. I, like I had to just get on and just read about what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what was it? Is what are the theories? Like what? Yeah. What am I missing? Like what, you know, but also trying to be like spoiler free because I hadn't seen Firewalk with me yet. Mm-hmm. Which stuff. That has been the big challenge. To this point. But yeah, the fact that you've remained on board has been awesome. And it's been fun yeah. to watch with you. Thanks, man. I do, before we wrap up, we, I want to talk about shooting script differences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Because there's a ton. Lynch basically came in and scrapped pretty much most of what was written for this episode. We need to talk about what the original Black Lodge scene or Red Room scene, there wasn't even going to be like a Red Room. What they were pretty much referencing is the Black Lodge. There was going to be no, no backwards talking. It was going to take place... And it was going to be black and white and be in the Great Northern. Hmm. This was the original script. I would not have liked that. <laughs> no. Uh, Laura Palmer oh was only going to appear for a second but not say anything. There was going to be no Leland, no Maddie, no Waiter, no Giant, no Man from Another Place, no Jimmy Scott. <laughs> this sounds like a garbage <laughs> um, no, no. script. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wendem Merle, it says on here on the fandom, Wendem Merle's fate is less abrupt. He ends up shackled to a dentist chair with Bob as the torturer. Gotta brush his teeth. Exactly. There's that. There's that connection. Oh man, hold on. We we super glossed over this. We glossed over it, but uh, Bobby and Shelley in the diner are chatting, and Bobby says he wants to marry Shelley, who says that she's still engaged to Leo. It's like, yeah. man, Leo's out there having the time of his life. There's that half second cut of him yeah, with the rope around him. his tooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then right back. He's gonna be there forever. Nobody I knows know. he's out there. Elsa's in the in the original script at the lodge's entrance. Sheriff Truman sees a vision a vision of a dark woman wearing chain mail holding a sword Ooh. and a shield yeah uh in the script pete martell does not uh go into the bank with andrew packard it's Catherine uh who rushes into the bank right before he sets off the bomb she wasn't in this episode not in this episode <laughs> no wow and pete's only appearance was going to be in the sheriff's station at the beginning they wrote um, piper Laurie right out uh in the uh in the original script it says hawk and major briggs find leo in the cabin um uh, he begins to speak, setting off the spider trap. 
Um, and then Lynch hysteria replaces, ensues. Yeah. Uh, Lynch replaced that scene with the double R with Sarah Palmer. Everything Sarah Palmer wasn't supposed to be back. And Heidi. Let's also point out that Harriet and Gersten, nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found, absolutely. Log Lady and Ronette were also added. They were not in the original script. So the original script sounds horrible. Yeah, it does not sound satisfying. It says the revelation at the end about Cooper uh, being inhabited by Bob is more subtle. It says in the bathroom scene, he squeezes toothpaste onto his toothbrush, looks in the mirror, smiles with Bob's reflection smiling back, and that's where the episode ends. <laughs> There's no how's Annie. <laughs> Nothing. Crucial um, things. Yeah, it's just, it sounds horrible so lynch basically came in and was just and it's funny because he's not credited as a writer Mm -hmm. on this episode it's credited to mark frost harley payton robert ingles i mentioned there being those pictures that richard bamer took and in some of the Mm -hmm. negatives there was uh some pictures of this girl who was joan chin's stunt double so there was like maybe josie was going to be in the black lodge scenes Mm. and maybe she was and they were cut because um frank silva who plays bob like a few years later at like a convention uh he let it slip about like he i guess he just didn't remember or hadn't seen the episode i really honestly don't know but he mentioned josie being in the black lodge scenes and the crowd was just like what just like the end of iron man what yeah like well that's not how we saw it so yeah those are the those those are the script differences i just thought they were very interesting that's crazy that's extremely interesting It, it would not have been the same at all nope major major tweaks just major briggs twin tweaks well, guys, that concludes season two. Yeah, uh, we will. Done. We will do a recap. We'll talk about everything from mid-season to now. Go over some of our favorite moments and best bits. That'll be two weeks from now, and uh, we hope you'll be right there with us and keep sticking with us as we plan and move forward. And thanks for everybody who's been here from the beginning. Thanks for listening. That's been a huge support to hear from people and reach out and say that they're enjoying it. It just makes it all the more fun to do for us. As always, you can reach us at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com if you have any questions or suggestions. We also have an Instagram that is talkingbackwardspod as well. You can also hit us up on Twitter at talkingbackward. Tyler? Anchor.fm slash talkingbackwards. Thanks so much. We will see you in 25 years. Just kidding. Two weeks. Tyler, do you have any have any egg deviler shoutouts? Wanna make a couple shoutouts? We got uh at Peter Throck following me on Twitter. Thank you. At K Karen Ellie. K Aaron Ellie. Sure. Uh and we have at Raced is Dead. So thank you for the follows. Thank you kindly.